All right, it's 535 here on this Thursday, April the 15th. Thanks for tuning in here to uh, NL Newsday. Now, as has been talked about quite a bit over the course of the program, we are at the highest number of active COVID-19 cases in BC since this whole pandemic started. 10,052 active cases of the virus across the province right now. Other daily records reported today. Hospitalizations now at 409 and active cases in critical care are at 125. So how concerned should we be? Well, to break down some of the data we heard here today at the COVID-19 newser from our public health officials, pleased to welcome back to the program political journalist for Global TV BC, Keith Baldry. Keith, how are you today? Good to be here. Well, thanks so much for uh, coming back. Always appreciate your insight here. Uh, one thing I guess I kind of wanted to start with is just the trends. I mean, there's been a lot of talk that we could be seeing ourselves hitting up to 2,000 cases per day by the end of this month. How worried do you think we should be in BC right now? Oh, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't hit any panic buttons, but I do think we have to be worried because the numbers keep going up. Uh, you know, we had a couple of days just recently where the numbers went down, but we're still, you know, more than a thousand cases a day, around 1,100. Um, the daily average goes up a little bit, goes down a little bit, but overall it continues to rise. The numbers I keep looking at, though, and I go through these with you know Bonnie Henry, Adrian Dix all the time, is the hospital numbers and the ICU numbers and the people who uh, who have passed away from COVID. And thank goodness our mortality rate is, among, is amongst the lowest in Canada. That's one one good number that doesn't get out of control. But um, our hospitalization, as you mentioned, uh, record number 409. We've crossed the 400 threshold for the first time. And 125 people in ICU. Now, we're not in this, as bad a situation as Ontario is in, in terms of those two um, indicators. They're in a much more serious situation when it comes to ICU cases. And we're not in a situation where this is overwhelming our healthcare system. You know, I asked Dr. Or asked, uh, Adrian Dix about this on Monday, who pointed out that back a year ago, we, when we canceled all the surgeries, that was done out of abundance of caution because we didn't know how COVID-19 was going to behave. We didn't know how many cases were going to come into the system. So all the, surg- all the elective surgeries were canceled. Now we've got a year's experience. Health officials have a year's experience. So only a relatively small number of, of surgeries are being canceled as a result of what we're seeing in hospitals. So, again, no reason to hit the panic button just yet as more and more people get vaccinated, as warmer weather hovers into sight. Um, but nevertheless, um, we're, in a, we're in a precarious situation right now. What, what do you read into? You talk about the hospitalization numbers and the critical care numbers, and those are you know hitting new highs. But of course, we're talking a lot about the mortality rate going down, and the COVID nineteen vaccination program uh, should be having uh, um, or helping people not have as severe illness. We're we're seeing that in terms of the death numbers, but the hospitalization numbers are going up. So is that do you think just a matter of, of more young people getting the virus? I mean, that's obviously been talked about by the premier quite a bit. Is that twenty to forty category is they need to be a little bit more careful? Is that who is being targeted? Do you think when we're looking at these new hospitalization numbers or, or what? Well, the 20 to 40 age group has always been the dominant 20-year age group since well, since the, the summer. There were about 41% of the cases every day. Where we're seeing a slight change, and we've talked to some frontline doctors in uh, a couple of Metro Vancouver hospitals, a slight uptick in the number of people in their 30s and 40s who are now coming into hospital and are more sick than we've seen in, in, in that age group in the past. So there's more of them in ICUs now. And that's what's driving a bit of the numbers right now is just um, that age group is getting a little more sick than it had been in the past. The other thing is our positivity rate suddenly jumped up uh, quite a bit. So the case numbers are what, I mean, I always tell people based on advice from public health, you know, divide these into categories. The case numbers, data case numbers are one thing. 
but the hospitalizations in the ICUs are the real indicators of how bad things are. And there's always seems to be a lag uh, in the hospitalization numbers. So that number is likely to grow because it's a two or three week lag from the from the cases testing positive. People generally get sick uh, about five seven. Uh, days into their incubation period, and that's when they typically end up going to hospital. Not the day they test the positive, but perhaps uh, a week or so uh, after that. That's why that hospitalization number will continue to grow. But, you know, we got a summary from Adrian, update from Adrian Dix today. Uh, we still have a lot of capacity in our bed situation, our ICU bed situation. There's still a lot of vacancy, and there's a lot of you know not unused incubators right now, which are for the worst cases. And it does vary from from uh, location to location, uh, health authority to health authority. But right now, we're not in as bad a situation as Ontario and and to a lesser degree Alberta. I guess um, one of the things that we've talked about a lot over the course of the last two, two and a half months has been the variants of concern, of course, the Brazil variant and the UK variant, which is the the latter being the predominant one that we're dealing with. Are we just kind of done talking about that at this stage? That's kind of how it feels with these most recent newsers, because it's almost assumed, I guess, if you get COVID, that you have one of these variants at this point. Yes, and that's that's an assumption public health has decided to make, that there's not much point wasting a lot of resources and time figuring out if it's a P1 variant or a UK uh, variant. Uh, just assume it's a variant because the number went from 10% of the cases to 20% to now about 60%, and that'll start to basically replace uh, the old COVID-19 uh, uh, Cases and again, the reason again we're seeing more cases is these these variants are more um, transmissible. They're more infectious, so you can you, they travel quicker, they travel faster. That's what another reason why the hospitalizations are going up a little bit. But the, the people who have been in the hospital because of variants were still the same percent basically as as the COVID nineteen. Didn't really hugely drive up the hospitalizations, but anytime you have more and more case numbers, you're going to have more hospitalizations, and the variants now are just assumed to be out there um, and probably get a you know, 1,100 cases a day. The assumption is over the period of weeks, so basically all be variant cases. Um, uh, what What are you hearing in terms of um, uh, teachers right now? That was one of the things I heard quite a bit about. Was we talked? There was a lot of talk about schools within mm-hmm. uh, the, the newser today, and that you know the vast majority of transmission seen in schools is coming from community, not within schools, and that's good news. But there has been a, a little bit of talk here this week about ramping up the vaccine program for for teachers and other first responders. Have you started to see anyone kind of in that category start to get vaccinated in your neck of the woods yet, or has that not happened? Not on the island, not in the interior yet, with the exception of um, there's going to be some local spots such as Whistler, uh, Prince Rupert, of course, everybody in the education system there got vaccinated because it was a community um, vaccination effort. You are going to see, we are going to see in different locations in the Interior Health Authority in the north and others as well, where whole communities will be uh, in very small places uh, where there's not a lot of people and there's no sense making repeated trips into sort of remote areas. Everyone will be vaccinated at once, so community vaccination. And that will include the educators as well. I noticed uh, in Vancouver Coastal, they've decided now to uh, vaccinate all the people working in education, not just teachers, but support Mm -hmm. staff and and office staff as well. But it's going to take time. You know, we just don't have a lot of vaccines. So uh, when there's an announcement that another age group can go forward or register or we're going to target this section, these sectors over here, well, uh, that's that's going to take a a long time to get to everyone because we just don't have a lot of vaccines. You know, we get 250,000 or so a week. 
and most of that is for for the um, age rollout. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of it is AstraZeneca for the 55 to 65 year olds, and in certain targeted uh, areas as well. So it's going to take time to get to these targeted um, groups, uh, and the age groups are targeted groups as well. So we just need more vaccines. We just don't get enough, and they're not reliable. Moderna is not reliable in terms of a timely delivery schedule. Pfizer's the workhorse by far, but we went from 163,000 doses a week, which was dependable, to starting this week and the next three weeks down to 138,000 a week. Uh, so that's a, that's a decline of 100,000 vaccines uh, for the next month of that particular vaccine. And that's just, it's, I think, Adrian Dix expresses some frustration every time we ask him about it. Yeah, I can only imagine the frustration that comes with trying to procure that and just not getting clear answers. What, mm-hmm. are, what are you hearing um, from, on, on, you have some friends in higher places than I do, it feels like, so I'm just curious what you're hearing about these circuit breaker restrictions that we're dealing with right now. I know they're going to be reviewed on Monday. All indications are that they're going to be extended. Have you heard any uh, official word about what might be in store in terms of a timeline? Or, um, you know, can we say for sure on, on Monday we're going to be hearing that indoor dining not going to be allowed for at least a, a couple of weeks minimum? Well, yeah, nothing official, but certainly talking to officials, the, the assumption is that it, the order will be extended to continue to prohibit in-person dining, um, gyms and fitness uh, classes from being uh, held. And that's, but whether it goes past the May long weekend, which is what the restaurant industry is suggesting that they've heard, that has not been confirmed by Dr. Henry. But don't look for more restrictions beyond that. It was interesting in, today, Dr. Bonnie Henry pointed out again, there are three main strategic goals in fighting this pandemic in B.C., one is the number one goal, prevent people from dying. Number two goal, prevent the healthcare system from being overrun and overwhelmed to the point of not being able to actually offer healthcare in, in other areas. And the third one, and it was interesting she said this, uh, minimal disruptions to society. And that is code for no lockdown. And she doesn't want to really restrict things much more than she's done. But keep in mind, there is a new health order in place, public health order in place, that gives WorkSafe BC, working with public health, the power to shut down businesses on an individual basis if they see three or more people, uh, and not just businesses, workplaces, basically, if uh, test positive, shut them down for 10 days. The goal is to curb and stop transmission of the virus, not to shut down the economy or entire sectors. So I think on Monday you're going to see that health order extended for at least two or three weeks. Yeah, that's my expectation as well. Uh, just curious while I have you, Keith, have you got your vaccine yet? Not yet. I'm, uh, it's tough to get uh, AstraZeneca in the capital. It's just not a lot of... Um not a, a lot of doses over here. It's uh, it's sort of a bit hit and miss. Now, 610 pharmacies are, are, are have AstraZeneca distributed to them, but not all of them have it yet. It's a bit of a detective game, frankly, to find AstraZeneca right now. But I've got some friends and colleagues. Uh, Jonathan Bartlett, our cameraman here, got his shot yesterday uh, of AstraZeneca. And, of course, I don't qualify on the age rollout yet because I'm not that old. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't thinking that that would be the case, but just curious if you got into a pharmacy. Keith, uh, really appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much. All right, take care. Awesome stuff. There is Keith Baldry, political journalist there with Global BC, helping break down today's COVID news here a little bit. Uh, always appreciate getting him on the program and getting his insight because he follows this probably more closely than anybody else. Uh, on these newsers day in day out breaking down all the data he is locked and loaded from the second they uh, get up to the podium to the second they walk away and 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 he's been paying attention to what's going on right across the country and other provinces and other uh, other jurisdictions uh, more localized as well
well. He knows what's going on in the States. He knows what's going on in Europe. So always good to get him on to really give us a good sense of where we sit compared to everywhere else. So try my best to, to pay attention to all that. But I am no Keith Baldry, that is for sure. So that's why I get him on the show, to break it all down. So today, again, uh, another new record in terms of daily case counts and active, excuse me, case counts. We're now sitting at 10,052 active cases of COVID-19 in the province of BC. That is the most we have seen in terms of active numbers since the pandemic began. And two other records as well. Hospitalizations have hit the highest since the pandemic started at 409. And active cases in critical care now standing at 125. On a bit of a more localized look at what those numbers actually mean. Again, I don't have the Kamloops info, but we can go towards the, all of interior health. I know it's a pretty wide geographical area, but that's the best we got here at this stage. So uh, 910 active cases right now across the Interior Health Authority. 23 people are currently in hospital, eight of which are in critical care. And there were three deaths across the province today in relation to the virus. One of those did occur in interior health. So that's a little bit of a breakdown of where we sit in IH compared to the rest of the province, but not a good day. We've got to continue to uh, take take our measures in place, make sure we're, we're helping control the spread of this virus because uh, we could be at a point, if the way the numbers are going right now, we the way the trends are looking, by the end of this month, we could be at 2,000 new cases on a daily basis. We definitely don't want to be getting there, but based on the reproductive number, that's the track, that is the path we do indeed find ourselves on. And uh, you heard Keith say there, you know, don't expect new restrictions to be coming down on Monday. We shouldn't be expecting that. We'll see an extension of the current orders that are already in place, just going probably to the May long weekend and then, uh, well, through the May long weekend and then probably be reviewed after that weekend does occur. But uh, if, if we don't start to see some improvements we might see further restrictions put in place. We don't want to see that. We don't want to go there. Weather's getting nicer, uh, so go outside, enjoy the weather, um, keep your bubble small, wash your hands, wear your mask. Let's get through this.